Hey, what's going on, Party Crashers? In this episode of The Uninvited, you know, we're talking about something that I really hate having to talk about, but it's happened once again, and so we're going to dig into uh, the mass shooting in Colorado, and uh, we're also going to talk healthcare. So, yeah, basically, kind of it's Hot Mess Tuesday. Hey, Party Crashers, welcome to another episode. Uh, I don't like that. I'm going to do that over. Less than a week after the horrific murders of eight people and the assault on the AAPI community in Georgia, while the flag was still flying half-staff with the tragedy, another American city has been scarred by gun violence and resulting trauma. And the state, I even hate to say it because we've been saying it so often, my heart goes out. I appreciate you being here, and I want to say to the community, I am so sorry this incident happened. We did it through something called the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare. And Republicans tried to repeal or undermine it more than 60 times. And when they've been asked about it, they've been, they keep on promising, we're going to have a great replacement. They said, it's coming. It's been coming in two weeks for the last 10 years. Hey, party crashers. Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. This is your host, Jerry Jones. However you found this and whyever you decided to find us, I'm so very glad you did. Please do us a favor, will you? Please rate and review and subscribe so you don't miss another one of these fine episodes. And should you give us a rating, give us five stars because, you know... Five stars really feels a lot like love, and four stars is totally in the friend zone. Um, you know, it hasn't even been a week, or maybe it's been exactly a week, um, but a week ago, uh, eight um, people were shot and killed in Atlanta by a 21-year-old with a gun. And um, here we are on the following Tuesday. So I think we're I think we might be at a week exactly. Um, that 10 people shot and killed in Boulder, Colorado by a 21 year old with a gun. And... Look, I, you know, it's interesting because the narrative in in Colorado is slightly different, and that um, the general, the 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 killer, the murderer, in in Boulder, is not a white man. He's a man. He's twenty one. From all accounts, looks like he may have purchased his gun legally, just like the killer in uh, in Atlanta. But, you know, I think Dick Durbin, Senator Dick Durbin, in uh, the Senate hearing, there was a Senate hearing today on gun violence. It was a it was a previously scheduled hearing. So it was not a hearing scheduled in response to what happened in Boulder yesterday. I'm recording this on 
uh, on the 23rd, by the way. I, my, my hope, so you know, typically, first of all, this rarely happens. I'm early. Uh, the plan was coming into this conversation. Uh, I was going to, to spend all, almost all of it uh, talking about this being the 11th birthday of the ACA. And we're going to get into that, certainly. Um, the ACA, I feel like I, there, I haven't done any work at all that has not it that has not been connected to the ACA since 2009 um when we were you know going up with leaders from Kansas City to DC um you know pushing for different components uh to be included in what would become the um the patient protection and affordable care act um but we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit more about about the ACA uh, but I, I gotta tell you, I mean, I am so over the, 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 the toxic violence of, of, of men, men with guns and men, we have to acknowledge this is a hundred percent, not 95 not 99.9%. This is 100% on men. And, you know, we could we could sit here and parse and say, oh, is it white men or who? Look, it's men, okay? These mass shootings, these mass murders, it's men. And... I, you know, look, I'm not, I don't, I, I know, I know a little about a lot. Okay. And I am certainly no, no expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a sociologist. I have not even attempted to do any research on what drives men to, uh, to kill. But I'm, I don't, it, I honestly, and the reason why I haven't done it, cause it doesn't matter. Okay, like I, I'm, I'm done humanizing, listen, not humanize. I'm not looking to dehumanize these murderers. I'm not really interested in, I'm going to be honest, I'm not interested in understanding their mindset at all. Uh, that, that is, because that's out of order. Okay, that's completely out of order. It's not out of line for someone and thank goodness there are incredible professionals out here who understand the psyche and are doing the work of understanding uh, that intersectionality between masculinity and murder. Um, but the thing that must be done right now is to stop the killings. It's to literally disarm the people who are capable and are desirous of doing such a thing. And so Dick Durbin was right. He's like, Dick Durbin today was like, you know, we could, he, I, he's like, I could ask for a moment of silence for the victims in, in Boulder. 
And then a minute later, I could have asked for a moment of silence for the shootings in Atlanta. But he's like, but I would have to keep asking for moments of silence for the, um, was, I think there's been more than 20 mass shootings this month in America. We, we have, and this is a uniquely American problem, by the way, this challenge literally does not exist anywhere else in the world. It only exists here. So if it's a uniquely American problem, I would say the solution has to be equally, and I, I'm using air quotes here, un-American. Meaning that the origin of our solution will not come from us. It can be adapted by us, but it won't come from us. We have to really take into account what other countries are doing. Now, I haven't followed, I haven't really followed up closely, but I do know this, that I do know that in Australia, in Australia, because it's not just, it's not just the murders. Okay. It's, I mean, it's the, it's the misogyny, it's the misogyny, it's the hypersexualization. Um, it is, um, this, the inability, um, for, for men. And you're talking to someone who myself, I'm, I'm incredibly thin skinned, which is why people are like, you should run for office. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, yeah, I'm incredibly, I'm incredibly thin skinned. Oh my gosh. I know. But I think a lot, I think, I, I think that, that probably a common thread amongst, you know, men who commit acts of violence is that they don't handle rejection well. Which isn't the same as being thin-skinned. I've, I've handled more than my fair share of rejection. But man, there is a... It, it, it's reached toxic proportions of not being able to handle rejection, to uh, manage and resolve conflict. And there's a curriculum in Australia that they begin teaching all children, school-aged children... And it, it's very much, I believe, it it very much appears to me uh, to be what um, what uh, jo Dr. John Powell, um, uh, Dr. John Powell is the uh, founder and director of the Haas Institute. It, oh, the, now they're the other they're the Othering and Belonging Institute uh, at Berkeley, and he was the first person um, that I I ever heard use this this notion of of targeted universalism. And I'm sure he may, he may, he's so brilliant. John Powell, John A. Powell, Google him, buy his books, listen to his lectures. He is, in my, in my view, uh, Dr. Powell is one of the most clear voices on conversations around diversity equity and inclusion and it's not from a i know i it, it it defies what i just said he's at berkeley but his brilliance is that he is able to talk in in a way that is non-threatening it's inviting um but it's also true and it's not watered down and i know i mean it, it just just Google, do yourself a favor do yourself a favor Google John A. Powell, um, Othering and Belonging Institute. Um, you will you will be more enlightened. You will be more intelligent. You'll be smarter, and you'll feel better 
about uh, your understanding of race and inclusion um, by by reading Dr. Powell and um, and uh, listening to him. So uh, in Australia, this curriculum, it's all it, it, it's teaching like conflict resolution, emotional regulation. And I, I clear it's for everyone. So it's universal for all the students. But clearly, clearly targeted to 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 training boys on how to become men. Um, and there was some, and, and the memes were there last week, and 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 they need to keep going after you know the, the killer in in Atlanta. Uh, but even before that, we've got to teach our boys how to be men and how to not be violent, um, murderous. Um, predators, uh, you name it. It's on us to teach them. And, you know, I, I honestly, I think that, I think teaching our, our boys how to become men, right? Um, and how to, not even men. I'm not, I'm not saying like teach them how to be a man. I guess what I'm saying is teaching our boys how to be human, right? I, I believe is um, is should be a primary objective of um, of our K through twelve educational system. Um, but we need that here. I think that's going to be more as effective as uh, well. I shouldn't say more effective. I think it's the the other side of the coin is common sense gun laws. Um, I need to have my friend uh, Kara on here. She is the Kansas City chapter lead for Moms Demand Action. Um, and Moms Demand Action has been, they have been state by state uh, really turning the tide on bringing common sense gun laws to, to various states. And uh, it's clear that we need Congress to act it's my understanding that this shooter used an AR-15. I look, I look. I love. I I'll be the first to tell you. I love the shoot 'em up movies. Okay, I I'm watching SEAL Team. I'm I'm now in season two of SEAL Team on Paramount Plus. Yes, I have a streaming service problem. Uh, I've been watching SEAL Team. I love the Mission Impossible. Um, shows I, I I love the shoot 'em ups right, but you know what? That's make believe. We don't need we don't need civilians with AR-15s. Okay, and 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 before in, you know, don't at me with the well the founding fathers. Someone I I can't remember which congressperson. Oh, the founding fathers didn't want this, or the founding fathers never intended that. Well, the founding fathers never intended me to not ever be a slave. Their intention was for me to be a slave. Their intention was um, for black families to be separated and abused. And their intention was to do the same to Latinx folks and Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. The founding fathers were just a bunch of assholes. And, and um, I honestly, it, it's disingenuous. It's disingenuous to tell, to call a group of people who came and stole land 
founders for one so they're not they're not founders and they're not fathers and they believe the earth was flat and they were racist af so miss me with all the fat what the founding fathers intended um i was three-fifths of a person when the founding the founding the founding fathers thought that i wasn't even a human being so they can it's a family show so i'm just gonna leave it there okay so what i'm saying is it's time for common sense and i don't know if the founding fathers were in favor of common sense but we are and the time has come um and so you know as as the you know as you've heard over the last three or four episodes I'm more and more uh, of the belief that, you know what, we are going to have to change the filibuster laws because, you know, we're going to have to do all these things. We're going to have to work on stopping um, violence and hate against um, Asian American, you know, AAPI. We're going to, uh, we're going to have to protect democracy by passing the John Lewis Act or the For the People Act, which is the Voting Rights Act. We're gonna have to 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 pass some sweeping common sense um, gun laws. We're gonna have to do all three of those things and more. At the same time, it's not a we either do one, and we can't get to the others. Like no, there's there's no no more of this uh, kind of gradualism. People are getting killed, man. We just can't have it. Um, so yeah, I guess what I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying all that to say Atlanta, Boulder, um, man, it, it's all bad and I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And, and, you know, the thoughts and prayers, people <sighs> thoughts, here's, here's my, I don't know if I've ever shared with you my, my ideas on thoughts and prayers. Um, I don't actually have a problem. Well, that's, that's crap. I kind of do. It's, de it depends on who says it. If it's Ted Cruz, I have a problem with, I just have a problem with Ted Cruz. But here's the thing. Prayers are private, right? Whatever you pray, like the, whatever God you pray to, Whatever you you say to the God that you pray to, that's between you and your God. It is absolutely private. If you are an elected official, however, your thoughts are public as it relates to very specific policy issues. Not some of your thoughts, every single one of them are public. So when an elected official offers thoughts and prayers, let them have their prayers. But they need to elaborate on their thoughts. I need you to elaborate on your thoughts on yet another law enforcement officer being killed. I need to know what your thoughts are on the policies that will change that. I need your thoughts on implicit bias in institutional, systemic, and structural racism 
as it relates, as it pertains to the AAPI community, the black community, the indigenous people's community, the Latinx community, the LGBTQ community towards women. I need to know what your thoughts are on those policies that impact those things. Because unlike your prayers, every single one of your thoughts on any policy matter that you uh, adjudicate on or that you're a part of, whether you're at the local level, county level, state level, federal level, every single one of those thoughts are public. And it's time that we, when the next time, we need to jump on the opportunity when they offer thoughts and prayers. Pounce on the thoughts piece. No more letting them off the hook. It's time to hold them to account. It is time for them to take action. And with that, I'm going to take a little break. And because, uh, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting a little worked up. It's feeling like a Nelly song in here. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take a little break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little Obamacare. Good policy is also good politics. I'm sorry. I just had to let that one play out a little bit. I, I got to tell you, one of the best shows I've ever been to in my life was um, the Paul McCartney show. Paul, um, Sir Paul McCartney played um, Arrowhead Stadium. Would have been back in 93? 93 or 94. I can't remember. Uh, I just remember um, just freezing my you know what's off um we uh we drove down my buddy ken and i ken mcgarry shout out to ken mcgarry um ken just has i should i should have i didn't know i was going to talk about ken ken uh just published a new book his new book is out he is a restaurant tour and in the city that i believe is the finest food city in all of the united states of america in chicago um ken runs a couple of fantastic restaurants there and of course, I would not have the names of the restaurants um, right in front of me because that's just how I roll here at the Uninvited, America's favorite hot mess of a podcast. Well, for now, uh, if you haven't checked out The Secret Life of MILFs, check out The Secret Life of MILFs with uh, my friends Lindsay and Amy. On uh, You can find it on Spotify or anywhere you get uh, your podcast. It's, it's just beautiful hotness. This, this last episode. Oh my gosh. I was doing my morning walk and was just in stitches, um, uh, listening, listening to them. Uh, but we, we were, we were waiting. We went, we drove from Lawrence to the, the Hy-Vee on, uh, basically off Crovira and 95th, uh, across the street. For those of you who are in Kansas City, you'll know this, uh, across the street from Oak Park Mall. Drove from Lawrence, and uh, we, I mean, we were there. We got there maybe at midnight, 
and you were like and we were the first person first persons there it was i think jason i think my buddy jason was there with us as well and i'm not sure if gif shout out to michael gifford um uh mike and michael it's still in poland i think i've got some european listeners georgie in copenhagen uh and gif the gif in 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 poland shout out to warsaw um but we were the first ones there and we were like oh my god this is i can't believe this is happening uh we were the first ones here we were gonna get the absolute best seats this that and the third and we were the only ones there for probably two and a half hours before other people start to show up long story short turns out it didn't matter what time you got there it was a lottery system uh, we ended up with floor seats um, for that show. It was fantastic. Uh, absolutely, absolutely amazing show. Um, but uh, I, I digress. Um, I'm in a very celebratory mood. As, as I alluded to earlier in the show, There is, I, I literally have done zero professional work that was not at all impacted by uh, the Affordable Care Act. Um, in my former, former, former life, I, I, you ever you ever meet people, you ever meet people that are like on their fourth marriage, and you're like, okay, after the third one, after the third one, aren't you done? And if you are the fourth, if you are the fourth person, that person has married are you thinking to yourself how the hell did i get into this i digress so maybe three former work lives ago i was a grassroots organizer and with the focus on healthcare. so obviously so you all know by now that healthcare, health policy that's kind of my jam specifically as it relates to health uh equity right looking at Improving um, health outcomes, especially for um, for for people of color, and uh, I was part of a national network. Um, shout out to my homie; he's basically like my brother and, and best friend, uh, Date M, uh, who's still he's the director of training for Faith in Action, which is the national network I was a part of. It went by um, Pico People Improving Communities Through Organizing. Because as you'll find, if you if you know any organizers. I think, I feel like that organizers, vegans, and CrossFitters are kind of all kind of part of this club where all we do is, is really talk in, in kind of um, very specific language that we think everyone else, A, understands, and B, cares about. <laughs> um, but we use acronyms. Everything's, everything in organizing is a freaking acronym, but uh, so is organizing uh, under the Pico network here at and Kansas City CCO Communities Creating Opportunity, and uh, working with leaders. So we were back and forth to DC a lot, meeting with our uh, our federal delegation, meeting with folks at um, CMS Centers for <laughs> Medicaid, <laughs> Medicaid and Medi Medicare Medicaid Services, uh, and. You know, I, you know, I, and also in organizers, we like to claim a lot of credit for things that we didn't really, you know, do, 
but we were informative and we did get some seats at the table. We did some really kind of not like big sexy things um, that we were able to get um, put into the ACA. Uh, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is um, there, there's as part of this, there's the center that, you know, CMMI. So the centers for Medicare and Medicaid innovation. And um, as part of the ACA, they were looking at how, um, how might the federal government incentivize innovation in care delivery. And at the time, uh, I, the, the Philadelphia Inquirer was the first to cover it. And then it just, it, it went like wildfire, at least for those of us kind of in the health policy, health geek space. Um, but the Camden Coalition of Healthcare Providers, shout out to Wit, um, Whitney uh, Bookman, or, for, fellow organizer, and then left Kansas City to go organize in Camden. Um, and ultimately went to go organize with the the great Dr. Jeffrey Brenner, by whose work whom I've based all of my professional career off of. Uh, <laughs> not kidding. Like uh, Dr. Brenner uh, is was kind of the I don't he didn't necessarily invent it, but he popularized this notion of using data. And actually, actually, I think the tie-in. I think the tie-in was Dr. Brenner uh, was one of the few Medicaid providers uh, in Camden because, you know, it's Camden. And so Medicaid pays for crap, as you know. Um, but in and, and working with, with gunshot victims, and he began just pouring into the data, then that kind of opened up this whole thing of understanding, like, um, like where ED utilization uh, was being driven from and then understanding, like, what the root causes were uh, for what, what were the conditions? Uh, so to me, I think, I feel like Dr. Brenner was one of the, the first to truly, uh, make, to use not necessarily big data, but to use data to, to drive equity and equity, uh, equitable outcomes. And so, um, as part of that, the, you know, this, the, the CMS was like, oh my gosh, like we love Dr. Brenner. We love what you're doing. And Dr. Brenner, um, graciously, because he was working with uh, the the PICO organization in New Jersey, working with the faith community there, um, you know, working with uh, Reverend uh, Wiggins, may may rest in power. Um, and he brought all of us in. So he brought me and my the leaders that I was working with here. He brought folks from San Diego, got folks from, gosh, Allentown, Allentown, Pennsylvania, from uh, from Denver. Brought us in, brought us to the table, and um, really, and together we were able to to shape um, a, a major component. To me, a major component of of the Affordable Care Act, which was that any of these innovation grants, and we we're talking um, hundreds of millions of dollars in grants, that hundreds of millions of dollars of grants, that in order for a health system or a public health department or uh, you know or you know. Um, any health department, health system, in order for them to to get any of these innovation challenge grants, they had to partner with community-based organizations. That was the thing that we pushed, and we were successful in getting it. And so, um, spent 
after we fought for S chip, we we spent all this time um, then fighting for these little bits and pieces uh, of the Affordable Care Act. So not only were we fighting for those pieces, but then we had to. So that was after the passage of the ACA, but we started kind of planting the seeds for it. We knew, we knew in order for us to get those things that we actually had to get the ACA signed into law. So I, I know a lot of this is out of order. But the point is that starting with organizing around the ACA in 2009 until, until right now, the ACA has been central um, to my life. And, um, and there were many times where I thought it was dead. I will never forget where I was, um, when the Supreme court ruled. So, uh, every year, uh, this, our national organization of, of organizers would meet at a re Jesuit retreat center called Applegate. And I know that sounds like a sex cult place. Um, and it wasn't cultish. It wasn't cultish, but you know, the single pe the singles did mingle. Okay. Uh, I wasn't one of them, but I'm not calling any people out, but I know there's some of the singles that mingle. Um, but so it's just, it was about maybe 45 minutes outside of uh, Sacramento, Applegate. And this would have been, I believe, am I getting my dates right? Y'all can fact check me June 28th or June 29th of 2012. Um, I, I, I missed all of the early morning sessions because the, the, there was no internet signal. It was terrible. So basically you were truly retreating your cell phones, your, no wireless connection. None of it really worked. So I stayed behind in the hotel room, um, just live streaming, um, CNN and, um, you know, waiting for uh, the court's verdict and, um, you know, the, it, 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 it was just, I thought, man, this thing is going to, it's going to die. It could die today. All of our hard work could be out the window. And um, thank goodness. I, I became a fan of Chief, Chief Justice Roberts that day. Um, but the ACA has survived. I think you may have heard uh, former President Obama. I am, I am trudging through his book. And I shouldn't say trudging. I love President Obama. I do. I miss him. Uh, but let's be honest here. Okay. Uh, First Lady Obama clearly is... <laughs> I, she, I don't know. I don't want to say... He's, he's a different kind of engaging. Um, President Obama is... I mean, has mastery of all the details. Um, as does um, First Lady Obama. It's just that there was something about her narration style that made me want more. I applauded when I was uh, when when I finished becoming, um, and I, I I took I took a sabbatical from President Obama's book because it's that long. But I'm almost there. I'm almost toward the end, uh, and uh, I need to finish. I need to get caught up on Renegades his uh, his pod with uh, with the boss, but. Over 60 attempts to derail, um, to repeal, to replace the ACA, and it's still here. And I got to tell you, uh, what what uh, the Congress was able to do uh, with this um, this most recent um, COVID relief package, it's a game changer. 
Um, ACA basically, you know, if you if you lose your job, your 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 Cobra, which Cobra, anyone who's ever lost their job and had to keep their health insurance, there's this thing called Cobra. Basically, you get to keep the plan that you had at work, except it's like I don't I don't I any descriptors that I would use would not would make this not a family show. But like Cobra is very, very much like some of the scenes in Game of Thrones. Okay. That's what Cobra's like, trying to pay those premiums. Now it's uh it's a hundred they're covered a hundred percent through uh September thirtieth. And uh ACA premiums are basically down to zero. That's being subsidized too. Um you know, so President Biden and kudos to Speaker Pelosi. Um, kudos to um, to to Majority Leader Schumer uh, for being able to navigate through that. But I mean, this ACA, the Obamacare, just the payoff for what this thing is doing for people, uh, their health, their overall well-being, it's just amazing. So happy 11th birthday! Uh, to the ACA and I what I'm really excited about is that this time next year when uh, when the ACA turns 12 well I'll be able to go out and celebrate again like I used to uh, on on uh, on March uh, March 23rd uh, 11th anniversary 11th birthday of of the of the ACA um, I'm so I'm look man I'm so looking forward to it I'm getting my second shot on thursday and um i'm excited then a couple weeks after that we're hitting the road kiddo and i are hitting the road we're gonna go see the great southwest um uh, we're gonna hit up roswell um because you know i i want to learn more about i want to you know i don't know what i don't know what all we can see but i kind of want to get close to area 51 is that even area 51 or is that las cruces i'll have to ask sarah that um Carlsbad Caverns. We're gonna try to get. I, I don't know if uh, White Sands, if if that's open right now to the public, gonna do White Sands. And then we're gonna trek over to Sedona and see the Grand Canyon. It's just gonna be beautiful. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, celebrate the ACA. It's look, it it's here and it's not going anywhere. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um. Hey, that's it. I just honestly, I mean, I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like, as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think, did I just talk about the ACA for 13 minutes because, or however long, because I wanted to humble brag? I guess I did. I guess I did. No, I, I, but hey, um, this is what we do when we celebrate, you know? Um, some people, like, they, they remember the Super Bowl celebration and where they were. I remember. Uh, where I was when the Supreme Court ruled uh, that uh, the Affordable Care Act was constitutional. And boy, uh, boy, did we did we party that night. You want to get you want to get organizers drunk, celebrate like um, celebrating an or like a, a campaign win. Um, so we we celebrated when it got signed into law. Um, we celebrated again when the supreme court upheld it because there's nothing worse than having an organizing victory and having it um stripped away from you um 
Which, on that note, before I sign off, I would love for you to, if you're concerned about protecting democracy, uh, I think Google, it's the Voting Rights Lab, Voting Rights Lab, L-A-B, and check out your state. They, they do it by state, and you can check for either pro-voting bills or anti-voting bills, but it's very likely that unless you're in a, a, a Democrat stronghold state, your state legislature, I know ours is in, in, uh, in Missouri, um, they're, they're, they're doing some things to undermine democracy. Um, go to the Voting Rights Lab and see what your state is doing and then contact your elected official, your state rep, your state senator. Um, but also, more importantly, um, as uh, Congress is getting ready to undertake H.R. 1, which is the For the People Act, contact your senator and let them know that you support um, the Voting Rights Act and, and, and perhaps tell them to consider that if, they, if necessary, that they need to consider changing uh, the filibuster. I know this is, I will probably get pinged by Facebook and Twitter and whatnot for the political piece, but look, this, this is happening in real time and we have a very short policy window in order to protect democracy. So while we celebrate the ACA, which is good policy, um, and good policy, good government, ACA is great. Let's make sure that we protect um, our, we have to protect our ability to protect the ACA because if we lose our voting rights, now we're gonna start losing the ability to protect things like the Affordable Care Act. All right, y'all, I'm gonna sign out. I love you, thank you for being here. Keep being good to yourselves, good to each other. And uh, I'm going to catch you on the flip side of the next episode. Peace. Put the gun down. And come talk to me. You got a lot of nerve. Bitching about your feet.